video and a good segue into what I want to talk to you about today. You're in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and that's where we're going to begin, training our children. Deuteronomy 6 is a classic Old Testament passage of Scripture about training children. There can be, there is no better passage in the Word of God than Deuteronomy chapter 6. And in Deuteronomy, uh, God, is, God is, is, is taking the children of Israel in this particular passage from Egypt. Taking them out of bondage where they had been slaves to the promised land. And this is important for you to understand as we read this passage. Where he is, he's taking them to the promised land where he is going to, to give them all of the blessings that he's promised them. Okay, so that's where we're at. But here's the key to understanding why he's talking about training children here. It's because in the process of leading them out of Egypt, he takes time to train them. And when we look and see how God trains his children, and who are his children? Us. We are his children. And so what we do in Deuteronomy 6 is we stop, we take a time out, we say, I wonder how God trains his children, us, because if we can train our children like God trains his children, I think we can raise pretty good kids because there's nobody that's better at child rearing than God. And so that's what God does in Deuteronomy 6. Take some time here to pay attention to these eight verses, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about them. Shall we? Look at verse 1. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and and thy son, and, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be pro- prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, And with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. So let me begin with this. Are you ready? Number one, everyone is training their children. Everyone. Everybody is, you know, somebody says, well, they just need to take time to train their children. No, they are taking time. Everyone is training their children. Now, by way of introduction, I want to take just a moment and and say a few words from a book that I've uh, read from Gary Smalley about training children, and they're going to be words that, that he gave. But before I get into that, I, I want to say this about training our children, that it's, it's more moms and dads than just putting food on the table. That's a good thing, and we, we need to do that. It's, but it's much more than just providing clothing and, and shelter for our children. I think sometimes we pride ourselves in the fact that, you know, well, our kids have food to eat, they have clothes to wear, they have a house to live in. And by the way, it's also more than just taking them to Sunday school. It's more than that. We are to be training them. 
And, and there are some things that, that Gary Smalley said about uh, the kinds of parents that are in society today that I think would be a great way to introduce the message. And what I'd like for everybody here to do is take some time to identify which one of these parents you are. Or maybe it's an accumulation of the four parents and there's things in each one of these types of parents that you see in your parenting style. And let's make the adjustments we need to make to be the right kind of parent. The first kind of parent, first of all, is the dominant parent. The dominant parent. This is the parent. And again, these are, these are not Erica Pacey's notes. I'll, I'll, I told you that already, but let me read these to you uh, this morning in, in kind of a synopsis of the book. A dominant parent. This is the parent that has very high standards and high expectations for their kids. The dominant parent has high expectations but the dominant parent has few explanations. You really don't know why they have these rules. They just have them because they've always had them. Rigid rules. They're short on affection and affirmation and long on control and unbending demandings, hard to please type regulations. They're often harsh with discipline and you're going to hear these rules from a dominant parent. Rules are rules. You don't need a reason, just do it because I told you to. The result of dominant parents are that children who are raised by dominant parents rank lowest with personal self-confidence. These children tend to either clam up and withdraw into a shell of protection or they tend to rebel and by, re by rejecting their parents' rules and authority. The child of a dominant parent often chooses rebel friends. And so if you are a dominant parent, you are training your children. You're just training them to rebel. Number two, the neglectful parent. The neglectful parent often lacks support and control in the parent-child relationship. The, ne the neglectful parent has a selfish attitude. The neglectful parent tends to lash out when pushed or irritated. The neglectful parent makes use of excessive babysitters and television as they pursue their own desires and dreams for life. We see a lot of neglectful parents end up in divorce. A neglectful parent usually produces a child that lacks confidence and is very insecure and poorly motivated. And the average person, and I thought this was an interesting statistic, but the average person with children moves every five years and puts their children in a position to have to make new friends and meet new people and be on a new team and get to know, and it's very, very strenuous on that child. Unpredictability of the parents and broken promises often in a, in a neglectful parent will produce a wounded spirit in the child. And if you are a neglected parent or you see elements of neglectful parenting in your parenting style, you are training your children. You're just training them to resent you. Number three, the permissive parent. The permissive parent is very warm and very supportive. And at first you may feel as if this parent is a really good parent because they obviously have great love for their children. But they are weak in establishing and enforcing rules. The permissive parent is weak in setting limits for their children. The permissive parent is, is, is very weak-willed and undisciplined. And they often give in to the child's demands. There's no real consequences for misbehavior in the home that is led by permissive parents. They, th they, they say things like, okay, stay up if you're not tired. 
Stay home if you want to. I'll, I'll just call and tell everybody you're sick. Please don't get angry with me. I'm sorry I made you do that. It's okay. I'll finish for you. Go ahead and watch television. The permissive parent often raises a child who believes that they're, they're in the driver's seat, very selfish and insecure. The child of the permissive parent becomes very manipulative, seeking to avoid living within rules. They never loan self-control, and it's often hard on other people. They're, they're often hard on other people, but soft on themselves. And if you're training your child as a permissive parent, remember, you are training your children. You're just training them to run. Run to somebody or run to some group that has boundaries, that has rules. Because that's what they're looking for. They're just going to find it in some kind of a gang or outfit that's going to lead them to do wrong things. Now, you know, the kind of parent we all want to be is the fourth kind of parent. And that is this in Gary Smalley's book. It is the loving and firm parent. You see, in this home, there are clearly defined rules and limits. It's where parents take time in the loving and firm home. They take time to train their children. To teach their children that appropriate consequences always follow misbehavior. The parent is not too quick with discipline, not harsh and inappropriate in punishing their child. But at the same time, there, there are consequences to misbehavior. And the child knows it and the parents actually follow through with it. You'll hear things like this. Hey, it would be nice to stay up a little later, I know. But remember, we agreed on a time. You could talk on the phone, but, but not past this time. And if you do, I'm going to have to take your phone away from you. You can text, but I want you to leave the text on your phone. I want to be able to see what you're texting if I choose. The child who grows up with loving and firm parents is the child who is more content, has learned to control himself, knows what it means to live within clearly defined limits and have self-respect and self-confidence as they enter society. And that is the goal, isn't it? Loving and firm parenting. You're training your children, but you're training them to rejoice. And they learn to do that while they're living in clearly established boundaries. So, with that said, let's move on to number two. Because we are training our children. We understand that. However we're training them, we're training them one way or the other. And so everyone is training their children. Number two, spiritual training is essential to human happiness. Spiritual training is essential to human happiness. Now, let's talk about spiritual training for just a moment because, you know, there is this, this, the physical realm of, of this life. The, the physical realm meaning, you know, there are things that, that our kids do. There are things that we do. We work to provide for them. I mentioned that already. Kids uh, uh, in, the, in the physical realm, they, 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 they're, they're involved in athletics and getting trained to be better athletes or uh, better musicians. But there's also something uh, called the spiritual realm. And the spiritual training is a whole lot more than just Sunday mornings in Sunday school or small group, we call it, or Wednesday nights when we drop our kids off to have an hour and a half of time at church and, and where they're going to be taught the Bible and study the Bible together. But it's more than that. It's more than youth activities. Hey, by the way, if you send your child to a Christian school, it's a whole lot more 
Spiritual training is a whole lot more than just, I have my kid in a Christian school. Or, I homeschool my kid so that I can make sure that they're protected within the four walls of my house. It's much more than that. It's much more than John chapter 3 and verse 16. I'm talking about a lot more than that. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is talking about a lot more than that. In fact, Deuteronomy is the last book in the Torah, or we might know it more like the Pentateuch. This was, uh, if you will, uh, the, the, the law of God. And it was the second law the Pentateuch was. And here God is training his children. And I, I mentioned this already, but what we want to do is learn, summarize this morning in a, in a 40-minute message of how we need to train our children like God trains his children. So let's start with understanding what the word training means. The word training literally means to start. To start. To lay a foundation. Literally to begin now. Everybody's familiar with this verse, I'm sure. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. And the Bible says to train up a child in the way he should go. And then, of course, when he's old, he'll, he'll not depart from it. But that, that word train means give him a start. Train up a child. Train up. Lay a foundation for a child. Give them the main stuff. But before we start in understanding what the main stuff is, let's understand, first of all, what happens if we don't train our children. Because we're going to talk about how to train our children. In fact, I have a card I'm going to give everybody on the way out that is the four-step process in Deuteronomy chapter 6 of training your children. And this four-step process will work if you'll stick with it and determine to embrace it. But let's first discuss how not to train our children and the consequences of deciding not to do it according to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Number one, if we don't train our children, they're going to cast off all restraint and live for themselves. It's a verse that's been highly uh, misinterpreted in Scripture, and it's not that it's wrong to use it in the way that we've used it, but it probably is wrong not to use it in the proper way most of the time. And that verse is found in Proverbs in chapter 29 and verse 18, talking about God's relationship with us. And the scripture says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And we oftentimes refer to this verse when we, we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, building something or moving forward or, or having a vision for our, our church, our company, our business. But can I tell you, truthfully speaking, that the true interpretation of this verse is, is, is not some dream in our minds about a good future the vision in that scripture is god's revealed word the word of god the law of god god's word clear revelation where there is no clear revelation the people perish uh, other translations say uh, they are without restraint in other words where there is no clear teaching from God's word, there is going to be no restraint amongst the people, you see. Or you think about it, that's really what we have today in America. There really is no clear teaching anymore of God's word. And what do we have in our country? We have no restraint. No restraint. 
If it feels good, do it. The more the Bible is taken away from society and from the fabric of of what this country was founded upon, the more we see the Bible eliminated from government, eliminated from schools, eliminated from the, the public sector, the more recklessness and the more sin and the more perishing. Am I right? It's the truth. You know, let me tell you something, folks. There was a day when, when people didn't shoot up kids in public schools. There was a day when, when it was safe. There was a day when, and I'm not saying that sin has not always been around, but I'm going to tell you, it's getting worse. And there is no restraint. Why? Because there is no vision. There is no revealed word of God, no clear revelation. And so they're casting off all restraint And that's a consequence of not training your children. A consequence of not clearly uh, teaching what the Word of God says to our children. They cast off all restraint. They live for themselves. You can see it sometimes downtown Hot Springs at 11 o'clock at night with kids that look like our kids, my kids. Young kids, just no restraint. Number two, if we don't train our children They will reject God and suffer the consequences. If we don't take the time to train our children, they will reject God and suffer the consequences. Now, I don't have time to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3 in an in-depth way this morning, but I did want to do this, and I feel like this would be a really good assignment this week for everybody, especially for those who attend small groups, to take some time this week to read 1 Samuel chapter 3 in light of what I'm talking about today. 1 Samuel chapter 3 talks about the fact that parents were not restraining their children and you see the consequences of that in that family's life. Number three, if we don't train our children, they will bring heartache and embarrassment and anxiety and shame to us as parents. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. And how much shame has been brought into the life of parents and moms and dads because children have been neglected and we've not taken the time to train them. So true. The word of God is just so true. It hurts sometimes, but it's true. Number four. If we don't train our children, we will account to God. We, as parents, moms and dads, we will account to God for our disobedience. It's the fourth fourth consequence of not training our children. It's just that important. We will face God one day and give an account for our disobedience because training children, church, family, is not optional. It's not something we get to decide whether or not we want to do. It's, it's, It's a command of God. It's not optional. God Almighty commands us to do it. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Here's the command. Don't do that, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's a command in child rearing right there. God Almighty says, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Train them. What about 1 Samuel chapter 3, the chapter I'm encouraging you to read? Let me give you one verse out of it, 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever, speaking of the dad, for the iniquity which he knoweth, 
because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. He just put up with it. He just allowed it to happen. He just became okay with it. He was a permissive parent, a neglectful parent. (laughs) And by not restraining his children, his sons became vile. It is a command of God. So what do we do? We've got to have a plan. We've got to work the plan. You know, God loves a plan. God gives, we talk about salvation in, in terms of the plan of salvation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. It is a plan. God has a, a plan. God has a remedy. God's word has the answer to everything. That's why if you and I will just get back to the Bible, I can recommend a lot of books, and I'm going to recommend one uh, probably next week for you to read as I talk about uh, husbands uh, changing some things in our lives. And I have a lot to change, so that's why it's been easy to, to, uh, to, 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 to write that message. But the truth is, is that we don't necessarily need to read a bunch of books. We need to get back to the Bible. We really just need to be, read the Bible, moms and dads. Just get back to the Word of God and say, Lord, teach me how to train my children because there's no better person at child-rearing than Almighty God. He's the best. He reared me. God, I'm His child. God has taken His Word, put it inside of me, and I'm telling you, the only reason I am where I'm at today, who I am today, it's not me. It's God's training. He whoops hard sometimes. Amen. Because whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. And I tell you, God's done, a, God's done a marvelous work in training his children. And so let's learn from God. What is this four-step process that I'm going to talk to you about today? Really, it's, it's, it's again, Deuteronomy chapter 6, but I want to give it to you on your way out tonight to have to put on the frontlets of your eyes, on your forehead. I mean, if you were ever going to get a tattoo, tattoo this on your chest. I'm not saying I'm for tattoos, but if I was going to get one, I'd put this four-step process and just, I'd say, God... I'm going to train my children right. I know that's funny, but the Bible does say to put them on the frontlets of your eyes. I mean, I mean, the Bible does say, hey, whatever you have to do to do this, whatever extreme, we're going to read that in just a minute. It's pretty extreme. It's like God saying, put it here, put it here, put it there, put it there, put it everywhere. Don't let your kids grow up without spiritual training. All right, number one. It begins with the fear of the Lord. Now, right there, I, I want to stop and admit that this is not popular teaching. Because every single book you would read or buy at Barnes and Nobles on child rearing is not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you kids are good. And you just, you know, you're given good kids. You just, parents, you just need to do this. Don't spank them, don't do this. Everything the Bible tells you to do, they tell you not to do. The truth of the matter is, children are sinners, just like you and I, and everybody else that's ever lived. And children need to understand the fear of the Lord, because it is, according to Scripture, the beginning of wisdom. Twenty-nine times in the Bible it talks about the fear of the Lord. Now, it talks about fear Fearing God more than that in different terms. But in the, just in the term itself, the fear of the Lord, 29 times in Scripture. You see, it's not just a one time, two time. It's all throughout the Word of God you see this. Basically, here's what you see when it speaks about the fear of God. Don't do this. Don't do this, God says, 
Because if you do, this is going to happen. Simple enough? Everybody with me? That's the fear of God. Don't do this. Why? If you do, this is going to happen. Oh, okay. Well, I think I may need to fear God a little bit because I don't want that to happen. And the way that's, that happens is if I do something that God said don't do. Pretty good child rearing, isn't it? That's where it begins. That's where it starts. Over and over and over and over and over in Scripture, it starts with fear. It's God's plan. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. A good understanding. Nothing like a good understanding. These are the consequences. Let me make it abundantly clear. That if you touch that, you're, 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 you're going to burn yourself. We have that. Is that understood? Is everybody with me? A clear understanding, a good understanding. Have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What about Proverbs 1, 7? I'll just give you three. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What about Proverbs 9, 10? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And I could go on and on and on and on. God knows how to train people, church. God knows what he's doing. And God says it starts with fear. Fear is something that is up ahead and I, I don't want it. Fear tells me that something up ahead is, 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 is not good. And, and, and fear says, be careful. And, and fear says, don't go that direction. You don't want to go that direction. That, that, that's not going to be good for you. That's where training children begins. With this clearly divine sense of consequence for wrong behavior. Here's kind of what it looks like for a child. You know, we, we set up the boundaries in a firm and loving home. Here's the boundaries. And we explain to our children as they get in within those boundaries that as long as you're within the boundaries, everything's cool. It's okay. And so we've got a clearly defined set of rules. That's why we've got the Ten Commandments. That's why we've got the law. That's why the Bible has commandments. It says, look, within, within these boundaries, you're okay. It's, it's cool. It's great. You're safe. It's going to be a wonderful life. If you step outside of those boundaries dangerous you're going to get yourself hurt you're going to find yourself in trouble maybe mess your life up that's the fear of the lord and it's the beginning of wisdom i'm here but i look out there and i say wow i don't i don't that, that could be scary that, that could hurt me that, that could damage my life that could ruin my potential if you want to evaluate your parenting at this time in the service just ask yourself these four questions Number one, what happens if your child disobeys? Do they know what's going to happen, and do you actually do it? Question number two, evaluate your your parenting success right now. What happens, not if, what happens when your child lies? Now, if you just said, my child never lies, you got serious issues. That's another sermon. What happens when my child lies? Do they know what's going to happen 
and do you actually do it? Number three, what happens when my, when my child steals? Do they know what's going to happen and do you actually do it? What happens when your child resists and rebels your, against your authority? Do they actually know what's going to happen and do you actually do it? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of, of the process of spiritual training. It's the first thing. It's the foundation. It's where it starts. You can't get this out of order. God is a God of order. And God's divine order says, fear first. Fear first. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And by the way, folks, I need wisdom, don't you? I want to know what's good for me and what's not good for me. Amen? I want to know that. I want God to put that instinctively in me that I could say to someone, fear ahead, watch out ahead, be careful, watch it now, don't go that direction. Number two, the fear of the Lord. Secondly, then, in this four-step process, according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, the fear of the Lord leads to obedience. Now, it's getting exciting now. It leads to obedience. The foundation is fear, but we're building a home here. We're building a life. Our children, they start off and, and they're just small and little and can't do much on their own. But they're not going to be that way very long. Listen, you know, now I can say after all these years, in, in four months I'll have a married son. I mean, they grow up. And you lose your influence in the home. Your, your training stops and it's like, okay, here it is, you know. No longer does he have to obey me. He prayerfully will honor me, but now he makes his own decisions. The opportunity has come and gone in four months with Mo. But the fear of the Lord leads to obedience. Look at verse 2. It gets pretty exciting here. Verse 2 says in Deuteronomy, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. That's number one, right? I never did read you the verse. That's, that's the first step, the fear of the Lord. Look at number two, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, and, and, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. Observe to do it. The fear of the Lord brings obedience. When I know there is a negative consequence for my disobedience, that is a major motivation for me to want to do what's right. Can I get an amen right there? Think about it. Let me say it again. When I know there is a negative consequence for my disobedience, that is a major motivation for me to want to do what's right. Isn't that the whole Christian life? Isn't that the whole Christian life? It's a major, major motivation for me to tithe. Amen. Because I know there's consequences to not tithing, so I'm majorly motivated to do it. Amen. On the first day of the week, at the first abs- uh, p- uh, opportunity. See, the fear of the Lord makes me want to obey. The fear of the Lord makes, makes the consequences of not obeying obvious to me that motivates me to want to obey, to do everything God's commanded. That's what child-rearing. That's how God trains his children, just like that. So guess what? That's how we train ours, just like God trains his. Number three, obedience then leads to blessing. Never fails. It's God's plan. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's the premier chapter in the word of God about child rearing. Look at verse number 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Obedience leads to blessing. 
We'll read the first part again. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. Cool. Really? Yeah. And that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy father has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. This is a great thing. You see, it started with a fear of God that led to obedience, and now I'm like, whoa, dude, this is awesome. What a life. Milk and honey. God's blessings. God's favor. All because I obeyed. All because I was afraid of the consequences. Isn't that cool? It leads to blessing. The child who is trained biblically eventually finds out it's worth it. To do what's right. You may not understand it. You know, I'm growing up, but boy, am I ever glad mom and dad were strict, that mom and dad had some boundaries set up. Man, listen, I can see now how God's blessed me as a result of that. That's what we find out about God. Isn't that what we find out about God? When God says no and we obey, it leads to blessing. Amen? Anybody else found that out about God? God says no, we say yes, sir, and we're blessed. I like that. I like that a lot. I like responding to God that way. What did you say, God? You said, don't do that. And if I don't do it, this will happen. But if I do do what I'm not supposed to do, this will happen. God, I'm going to choose this. Because I want blessing. It's the way it is with God. Such as it is with, with, with child rearing. It starts with fear. It leads to obedience. Obedience then leads to blessing. And finally, God's blessing leads to a growing love relationship. Number four. Fourth, fourth step in the process. You say, now what are you talking about? A growing love relationship. Well, all right, we're talking about God training his children, right? In Deuteronomy 6. Look at verses number 4 and 5. So we're talking about that land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. There it is, church. As I observe the blessings of obedience, guess what I do? I grow in my love for the authority that trained me to obey. Because I see that their rules were motivated by a desire for my highest good. And so I grow in my love for them. I've seen that in my son Matthias. I've seen as he grows older, he starts getting it. See, Dad? Yeah, now I can see why you were so strict. Now I can see where you told me not to do that. When I did it, I suffered the consequences, and you weren't happy with it, and I lost a lot of privileges, but... Boy, it was for my good, wasn't it, Dad? It really was, son. It really was for your good. Just like God is with all of us. God is not some cosmic killjoy up in heaven wanting to cast a spell on all of us for wrong and evil. God wants what's best for us. God loves us. So God says, no, don't do that. It's going to hurt you. I love you so much. And we rebel. We take the apple. We do our own deal. We live our own way. And we buy into secular psychology versus the word of God. And we suffer the consequences for that. 
But when we obey God, when we observe the blessings of obedience, we grow in our love for the authority that trained us to obey because now we see that their rules were motivated by desire for our good. That's all they wanted was us to be happy. They wanted us to to have a good life and and to to have a a great family and a great future. It's the four-step process. The foundation is fear, parents. Don't try anything else. Oh, well, I'm just going to love them, and that'll do it. I'll start with love. Don't start with love. Start with fear. You know, your kid comes home, he's been drinking. Billy, I love you, Billy. You're drunk again. Billy, please don't drink. It makes mom and daddy so sad when you drink, and we're really worried about you. We love you, Billy. Please don't drink. Try that. See if it works. Perfect love casteth out all fear. But fear's got to be there first. If fear's not there, it can't cast it out. So fear's there. But guess what eventually happens? Your love for them, the growing love relationship that comes, eventually casts out that fear. Let me make an announcement this morning. I am not this morning afraid of God. I'm not. I've obeyed him. I'm 48 years old. I've been doing what he said for a long time. I found out it's a great life. To do what God says is awesome. I'm not afraid of God this morning. I'm living in the sunlight of his love. I'm loving God. I'm doing what's right because I love him. I don't wake up every morning and say, oh, hope God doesn't get me today. But early on, a lot of it was driven by fear. Some of it was driven by fear. I got to admit, the foundation was fear. I thought, man, I got to figure out what to do here because, man, I'm getting a lot of preaching right now. And I'm, not, I'm trying to put it all together. And, 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 so, and so fear was there. But guess what's happened over time? I have grown in my love relationship with Jesus because it started with fear. It led to obedience, which led to blessings, which now has led to an incredible love relationship with my God. And perfect love casteth out all fear. But fear has got to be there first. See, that's how you raise children. Just like God raises us. Parents, don't be afraid of rules. Principals, teachers, don't be afraid of rules. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You got to have rules, especially when kids are young. They got to know the consequences of wrong. And they got to know the blessings of doing what's right. It's a four-step process. The final two things, and I'm done. Number one. Training our children means teaching this process at every opportunity. Training our children means teaching this process at every opportunity. Look at verse 6. And these words, (laughs) these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And you're going to talk to them when you're sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way and when you lie down and when you get up and you're going to bind them for a sign upon thine hand. Yeah, put them on your hand. And then it also says, uh, and put them on the frontlet between your eyes, right there. At all times. Everywhere. Training your children. Don't forget this four-step process. The fear of the Lord leads to obedience, leads to blessing, leads to a growing love relationship. Don't get that out of whack. Don't stop doing that. Don't buy the devil's lies. Don't go to Barnes and Nobles tomorrow and find some secular book to read. You got it right here in Deuteronomy 6. It works. It works. It's God's plan. God's plan works. And so write it 
talk about it, share it. And then number two, training our children is an exercise of faith. The faith part is the belief that God is going to take my best, whatever that is, amen? Because I know I'm not the best parent in the world. I know Caroline and I are not. We try hard. We, we're trying to obey God, but I'm going to be honest with you. Listen, we struggle. And so guess what? By faith. Lord, my parents were divorced. I grew up in a single-parent home, God. I, I didn't have a Robert Lane. Your girls, have, I, my parents got divorced when I was three. I didn't have a dad like you, Robert, in my home at all. I got a good dad, but not training. He didn't train me. I didn't have a Dave Chittam, Luke. You're blessed. You, you, you really should do a better job than me, to be honest with you. You should. You've been given more. So, God, I say, here's what I got, God. It's all I got. <laughs> but, God, would you please take what I've got and help me raise these five kids? I'm going to do my best, God, by faith. I know I've messed up. I know I've made mistakes. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't know everything I should know. But, God, what I do know, I'm going to do my best. And by faith, would you, God, use it for the highest good for my kids and help them to turn out right? No excuses, God. We all have dreams and aspirations for our children, don't we? But it starts with training. Got to train them. Train them right. Four-step process is on a card. And when you leave today, from the balcony on the floor, I've got the cards at every door and if you want to grab one, you can. I've just put it in a place where you can have it and read it. I figured if Jesus said to put it on the frontlets of our eyes, can you imagine we all walk around like this all day long? <laughs> and God says, that's how serious I'm about this. Don't be foolish, but just take, get the hint. Don't forget. That works. So you can get one on the way out today if you'd like. Every head bowed, every eye closed.